at the moment an Afghan decides to follow Christianity, they do know that has a lot of consequences and including that they will lose their life. Hello and welcome to the USURF Spotlight podcast, a weekly podcast series by the United States Commission on International Religious Freedom, where we take a deep dive into religious freedom conditions around the world, breaking the situation down for you. Each week, we focus on a different country, region, or topic. Not only do we analyze and explain the religious freedom situation to our listeners, but we also make policy recommendations to the United States government in order to address the immense challenges we bring to light here. Now here is the host of our show, USERF Director of Outreach and Policy, Dwight Bashir, to lead today's discussion. Welcome to USERF Spotlight. Today, we're going to talk about the impact that the reemergence of the Taliban has had since August on the Christian community in Afghanistan. Despite initial statements from the Taliban that they had reformed some elements of their ideology, Afghans who did not adhere to the Taliban's harsh and strict interpretation of Sunni Islam and adherence of other faiths or beliefs are at grave risk uh, in the country. Among them, of course, are Christian converts who practice their faith in hiding due to fear of reprisal and threats from the Taliban, as well as the Islamic State in the Khorasan province, also known as ISIS-K. Some Afghan Christians receive uh, regularly threatening phone calls, and the Taliban reportedly has gone door to door hunting down converts. A very chilling reality, to say the least. Today, we're fortunate to have with us Luke, uh, leader of the Afghan House Church Network, who is living in exile to go deeper on these issues in Afghanistan. Welcome to you, Luke. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me on the podcast. It's an honor. Well, it's very brave of you to join us. I thank you again uh, for uh, providing some insight uh, to us. You know, there are an estimated uh, 10 to 12,000 Christians in Afghanistan, and most of them are converts from Islam. Could you please provide our audience uh, with the recent history of the Christian community in Afghanistan and how has uh, Christianity been introduced in the country over the last 20 or so years? Yes, there's 10 to 20,000 Afghan Christians. All of them are converts. This began with the um, 80s and the 90s with the refugee camps in the neighboring countries, but it mostly started after the 9-11 when there was more openness in the and the new government with uh, the Afghan Christianity is starting probably from 100 and it grew to thousands of Afghan converts, which is all of them are converts, a lot of young men and women that have been um, um, embracing Christianity through um, this 20 years. And within that, um, the Afghan network grow and it's from the capital or the major cities, it means to the rural area as well. So it's uh, way deep down, but because of the the nature of the country and the and the and the cultural and the tribal system uh, that the country is uh, has been the Afghan Christian network, like probably many others um, that have been more open minded and rather or living the Islamic faith, um, have been very uh, secretive and have been underground. Uh, so there have been pressure from the first line from the family members, and that pressure sometimes made them to flee or uh, ended in divorce or losing jobs, losing inheritance. Even at some points, some cases we have that have been killed. So that's 
start growing within the university students all the way to the rural area farmers and uh, but all of them are converts which is and uh, in the and the, the eyes of the uh, local imams or the religious groups and Taliban and even other religious um, uh, communities they are apostates they don't see them as religious minorities but see them as apostates Yes, and, and as you well know, in Afghanistan, even before the Taliban, anyone who converted uh, from Islam to a different faith uh, was is considered an apostate, a crime uh, that's punishable by death, uh, according to the Hanafi uh, jurisprudence, uh, the school of thought, uh, and Afghan state law as well. So if you could give us, uh, shed some light on how, how do Christians practice their faith then in Afghanistan under these extreme circumstances, and, and what are some of the most pressing challenges uh, that converts face today? Well, it's a, a very smaller network of house churches that they would gather in very close circles um, that would be very secretive in the way that they would gather um, family members, relatives, colleagues. Um, that, that's how it started. But uh, the pressure that comes is it's just that uh, but at the, at the moment, an Afghan decides to follow Christianity. They do know that that has a lot of consequences, and including that they will lose their life. So that you're losing your job. We have had university student getting uh, kicked out of school from the third year, fourth year of university, private universities, even not just the government. They have lost their jobs, uh, and. Um, divorced, um, lost the custody of their children, uh, they lost their possession to all the way to, 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 to death. So the Afghans walking through this with uh, embracing Christianity, they know that is the consequences of that. And even in the former government that have been uh, some sort of freedom and they have never given a statement about or any protection on the religious minorities. Yes, they have been talking about women rights and freedom of speech and other things, but it never come down to the, the freedom of thoughts, the freedom of, of, of religion. It never come down because that was one area that they could never get in touch. And so within the former government, there have been groups of people from the, 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 the attorney general office onto the judges, to the police, local police especially, that they have been hunting Christians. And at some point, they have been tipping Taliban to attack the Christian communities. Now, we have a few deadly um, incidents happened that Taliban took claim. Uh, a county network took the claim of that uh, uh, killing of the, of the Christians. And we believe that they were tipped by the, the, by the local police. So we had no protection at all for the Afghan Christian community from the family all the way to as far as you go to Taliban. And that made them very secretive and closed into this community that they are to be uh, very hard to get in and out from that. Yes, that, that is very, uh, very troubling. Could, could you though, give us a bit of a, a sense of the what kind of differences are there now since the Taliban has come back into power after all these years? You know, what are some of the newer threats that the community is facing or are it has there been a significant difference in the past four or five months since the Taliban has come back? What what could you identify some of those areas that are most concerning and that are is a contrast to the, uh, the uh, since the Taliban has come back in? Um, 
prior to the to the Taliban controlling the capital of the country in August, uh, they have sent threatening letters to many of the Christians or called them or um, however they had the access to them or even statements on the social media that they're going to come after them. Sooner or later, they're going to come to capture Kabul and they will look for the Christians because they're apostates, they're infidels, and they deserve to die. Um, so in many cases that have come from the north to south, all of our places that they have sent, uh, the Taliban, they, are, they used to function as a commission, like they had a committee of military, committee of, of, of uh, cultural, and committee of invitation, and all of that kind of, you know, a Sharia enforcement, different committees. And most of the cases that later would come with the official emblem of Taliban saying that you're infidels, we will find you, and we will kill you and your entire family um, so that we bring you into the punishment that you deserve, but also that would be a lesson for others that they're leaving Islam. And that that's how the fear that all of a sudden country collapsed in the hands of Taliban and they were controlling. So hundreds and thousands of Afghan Christians were um, trapped in the country with the fear of that the Taliban would come after them and they have moved around and that evacuation happened. Of course, some of them had the chances, but uh, Taliban eventually, their plan is of elimination of Christianity. Um, definitely that just have been very open about that. And, and even when they captured after that and over and over the Taliban statement have been that they're going to clean the country from the Westerners and their puppets and their ideology and the leftovers of the country. And they have referred to the Christians many, many times that that the Christianity is was one of the leftovers of the of the Western propaganda, and they want to clean the country from these people. So that's the total elimination, and that is including taking the possession, killing them, and taking the young woman, even in some cases, even married woman. Um, uh, Christians have been arrested and they have been brutally beaten. Um, some have been killed, uh, but. Because of what is going on in the country and Taliban are threatening their families, just nobody is speaking up. It's a total silence because the family has been threatened that if you speak out, if you report that, then you all of the family will be killed. So that they're just silencing that and they're they're targeting their target when they are identifying that. And once the target is destroyed, then they are um, uh, silencing the whole family so they do not speak out anything. And that, that is happening, the disappearance of the Christianity, which we believe they will never come back. Yeah, uh, very concerning. As you're well aware, the you know extremist uh, tendencies have been rising in the region, um, you know, causing some Afghans to become increasingly uh, intolerant uh, towards different uh, religious minority communities. Uh, of differing uh, faiths. Um, you mentioned uh, earlier about you know families being afraid, but also shunning uh, those uh, within their family who may convert. And some of the societal issues uh, also can be a bit different from how the, the Taliban or government authorities, or like you say, local police may turn the other way or give tips, uh, which is very problematic. But could you, could you give us a sense of what are some of the societal challenges now that Christians are facing, whether from family or others, is there a fear of uh, among Christians of ostracization, you know, from their family and, and fellow citizens? Is that increasing in, in recent months? Uh, in in many cases, they have been told to leave so that they're they're a headache. 
for the family. Um, and they have been just told that they need to leave. They need to leave that town, that city, because they're a headache for the family. They don't want to see them. They don't want to deal with them. And absolutely no connection. Uh, and in other cases, like some maybe like far relatives or even um, member of the mosque or community or imam that kind of tipping off the Taliban that this person is not um, praying, he had been a Christian or we're suspicious that he's a Christian. This also does happen because in many cases at Taliban and many of the areas where the Christianity have grown are not local Taliban. So if they are not tipped off by the local people, I don't, I doubt that they would understand. So that is the societal challenges as because people think that if they are tipping off Taliban from that, they might get some sort of recognition. And in many cases, because of the fear, the families are are, are, are casting him out of the family. They say, just you're headed for us. You need to leave and, and you need to go. That's not a place for you to be. This is the current situation where, of course, the opposition is that uh, you know, they turn the number one enemy against them as soon as they find out that they're Christians. There is no ties. There is no connection. Nothing. They don't do anything. And many cases, they believe that you know we don't even eat your food because that's not uh, that's forbidden for us because you have changed your religion. It's a totally outcast from that. So they are like you're totally outside of the community. And and just to to explain a little bit, what does it mean for an Afghan context? You know, we are not individual culture. We're a communal culture. So if you're out of the culture, that means like it's exile. You could be living in the same village or town, but you're in exile because um, you're not you're not part of that culture anymore. You're not part of that community anymore. So it's not an individual life that you could make a personal decision and follow that. That's just that the communal thing. And you could be you could be out from any connection, out of the business, out of the culture, out of the economy, anything. In many cases, you might not be able to drive from the same route as well. Yes, uh, very harrowing indeed. Um, you know, you, you mentioned also earlier about uh, some of the evacuations and and so on. I mean, wanted to get a sense uh, what it, what are in in your uh, with your information. What are the status of uh, some of the uh, you know converts in the in the various camps? Those who did not get evacuated, also in neighboring countries. Are how are they faring in these camps? Have you been able to support uh, you know some of those who are remaining in the country who may want to leave because of all these factors that you're talking about, societal and, of course, the, the, the concern with the Taliban. And then finally, is there anything at this point in, with your uh, knowledge and information and, and you know, being in the trenches that the U.S. government and the international uh, community can do to support uh, the remaining Christians in Afghanistan? Uh, I believe, yes, the governments does still have the power to help in, in a ways in putting pressure into the Taliban government. Uh, we are thankful from the global body of Christ, the global church, that when these things happen, um, Christians from America all the way to Australia come together to help the Afghan Christians. And we did receive a lot of help from them. And that is why we were able to evacuate thousands of Afghan Christians from the country safely with their families. And a number of them with the flights, charter flights, a number of them through the borders with the neighboring countries. Uh, which, of course, the people on the neighboring countries' status is not really that helpful because of those countries also 
Um, Christian doesn't have a good status on this country as well. There are some of the extreme countries that are persecuting Christians as well in our neighboring countries. But still, they are at least out of control of Taliban, where they are hoping to be resettled in a third country, that the process is very slow. And we are hoping that more countries give, um, you know, um, offer their help for the Afghan Christians because their particular vulnerable group and that we have other religious minorities in Afghanistan, but they are identified as religious minorities that a different law applies to them while Taliban are imposing Sharia law. Uh, they would be allied them uh, that's a higher tax and some, some other ways that Taliban would deal with them. But with the Christians being from Islam background, they're apostates, which means that they are punishable to to uh, to death, as you explained, and that we we are asking countries to offer um, resettlement for Afghan Christians because if they are in the neighboring countries, they are still in the and the risk of being um, arrested, being um, killed, uh, if not by the governments on this country, at least by the people. Um, that persecution continued even in the camps with the U.S. evacuation flights or even other countries because. Uh, they have been um, persecuted. They have been put under the pressure by the other fellow Afghans in the refugee camps around the world as well. As soon as they figure out that there are Afghan Christians, then everything changes. They refused even um, their kids to play in the park, refused to use some of the facilities. And because, of course, there are a little number of Christians comparing to hundreds of Muslims in the camp. Well, we'll have to leave it right here. I, I, I want to thank Luke for sharing his insights uh, today about the tribulations uh, the Christian community faces in Afghanistan. And, and of course, uh, your bravery and courage uh, in the face of so many challenges and, and doing what you can uh, to, to support them. I should, I should mention uh, that early on, as the Taliban came in in August, uh, uh, USERF, our commission, called on the State Department to expand its priority two or P2 designation, granting U.S. refugee admissions uh, program access uh, for certain Afghan nationals and their family members uh, to include members of religious groups extreme, at extreme risk um, in uh, of persecution by the Taliban. And this definitely includes the, the Christian community. So we hope to see this recommendation implemented in the very near future. You can find USERF's reporting and our uh, latest policy recommendations on Afghanistan on our website. Thanks for tuning in today, and we'll see you next time on USERF Spotlight. To learn more about USERF and about global religious freedom concerns, visit usurf.gov. That's U-S-C-I-R-F dot gov. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at U-S-C-I-R-F. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week for another Usurf Spotlight.